This teaching is brought to you by Kingswood International Church, British Columbia. We believe that as you listen, faith is set up in you to become all God has called you to be. Thank you and God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I want to welcome everyone uh, to today's online Bible study. Right? Uh, like I say, um, it's Bible study, right? It's not, um, it's not, um, we just, we're not just talking about God's God, or we're just having a conversation, right? No, we're having, we, we are, we're studying God's word. And one of the things I found out that many a times, many people don't study the word for themselves, right? Yes, we thank God for preachers, we thank God for teachers, uh, and I'm one, but there is a strong benefit in reading the Bible, reading scriptures for yourself, right? Not just you being told, but you reading it for yourself, you understanding it, you um, looking at, going through it yourself, right? So many, many times now we have lots of phones on our, we have Bibles on our phones, we have gadgets, we have all, all kinds of stuff, right? And we have to read it. We can't just um, hear someone talk about it. So even if the person is teaching or preaching, you should go through scriptures. And that's what online Bible studies, we go through the scriptures every time look at it you know i advise everyone read your bible every day right and um, we check the news every day we have social media every day right we we do all kinds of things every day so why not read a chapter of your bible every day i encourage everyone to do that you know i think there are few things that there's nothing in this world that's changed my life as much as reading the bible for myself nothing nothing so i, I want to encourage everyone and i just want to say while we're having this bible study is for us to grow spiritually right um i found out that sometimes many people the word of god is vague to them the word of god is is something in the um in one in one special dimension that men can reach you know people put god in that class and truly god is in that class but he has given us his word to relate with him right so no matter the class god is in uh, he has given us his word to relate with him so we can relate with god we can. And the only way to relate with God is through his word. A lot of times, people want to relate with God with just their emotions, um, how I feel. Uh, they want to relate with God with their environment, right? They want to relate with God with several other things. But the primary way we relate with God is through his word, right? It's through his word. The primary way we relate with God is through his word. No other way. No other way. We just relate with God through His Word. Praise God. So it's it's quite important. It's quite important that we have this uh, at the back of our minds, right? The only, the primary way to relate with God is through His Word. So if you don't know the Word, then your relationship with God has some defect already. It's incomplete. It's inaccurate, right? So that's why we're having Bible study. All right, enough of the introduction. Um, I like to say that um, we started a topic. You know, we have this every Saturday of the month. We go through different topics to see um, how God wants us to 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 win, right? To have victory on every side. Praise God, Hallelujah! And, and we started this um, series last week Saturday, talking about winning against all odds. Winning against all odds. A lot of times. Um, we all face challenges. As long as you live in this world, it's impossible not to face challenges. The, the guys that don't face any form of problems are in the grave. The guys that don't face any kind of problems right now, trust me, those guys are in the grave. They're either in heaven or they're in hell. But they are not on the earth. They are not on the earth. Anybody that tells you, look, I have no, I'm not, um, I'm not using my faith for something to overcome something or achieve something, that person doesn't exist. Everybody has one form of challenge or the other. But, but the beautiful thing about we or us as children of God is that we are not a defeated. We are not a defeated. We are not a defeated. We are not one of those that have no help. You see, that's what makes us different. We are not one of those that don't have help. We are not one of those that are um, 
that we are out and dry, we are left to the enemy to pounce on us and, and walk over our heads. We are not those. We are a different species. Yes, we face challenges and we are not going to deny those challenges. But I will tell you that as long as you're a child of God, victory is your portion. What God has designed for you is to walk in victory and nothing else. Absolutely nothing else. God's plans for you is nothing but victory. It's absolutely nothing but victory. Absolutely nothing. I say it again, absolutely nothing. You know, uh, today we're going to see a few things that, um, that is part of God's will for us, right? And, 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 and one of the things that we, we, we see sometimes is that even after of God, because we've not been taught on how to win, on, on how to, um, to use God's word for ourselves, we find out that we are in that spot. We find out that we are in that spot where we, we, can't, we can't just do something. The challenges are overwhelming. I'm not sure, you know, I know lots of people have been there where the challenges become so overwhelming, you are about giving up. You just want to pack your bags and run. And if you're a human being, you're going to go through that phase of your life at one point in time or the other. But you know, Jesus knew that. He knew we were going to face challenges. In fact, he said, look, in this world, you're going to have persecution. You're going to have persecution. But cheer up, because I've overcome. So, challenges and persecutions and the odds being against us is part of life. You know, sometimes when people go through stuff and, and they try to tell me, in as much as, yes, we understand the problem, first thing I tell them, look, that's life. When I mean that's life, I'm not saying take it. I'm saying, look, it's life. Life means, the word life means you're going to have issues. You're going to have challenges. You're going to have troubles. But the word of God has given us solutions, right? There is, there is always a solution in God's word, no matter what you're going through. I'll say it again. There is always a solution in God's word and in God's power, no matter what you're going through. Whether it's a health condition Maybe it's a financial condition. Maybe it's a marital condition. Maybe it's an emotional condition, a mental health condition. There is enough power in God's word and in God's power to bring you victory. Praise God. First John chapter 5, verse 4 to 5. Like I always say, this is Bible study. So we're going to just read the Bible, right? So I put them in slides for us to see. It says in 1 John chapter 5 from verse 4, it says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Glory to God. Whatsoever is born of God, are you born of God? And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So he's not saying everybody is an overcomer. No, he's saying that those that overcome the world are those that are the sons of God. That believe that Jesus is the son of God. So the day you receive Jesus into your life, you became an overcomer. You became, the criteria to, to become, for you to become an overcomer is nothing else than believing in Jesus. Yeah, you see, that simple, that simple. You see, God is not complicated. The devil is. <laughs> God is not complicated. The devil is. So who is he who overcomes the world? Expressly defined. He that believes that Jesus is the son of God. So the day you receive Jesus into your heart. As your Lord and Savior. That same day. That same day you became an overcomer. Not the next day. Not how long you fast. Not long how you pray. And I'm not saying those things are not good. They are. You, you became overcome. Let me give you uh, let me give you an example, right? Um, the day uh, a dog, a female dog, gives birth to a puppy, that puppy is a potential dog, a full-blown dog. It, it needs, it has all the DNA of the mother dog, right? It has all the DNA. You will not say that dog, um, the puppy, is growing up to become a dog. No, from the day the puppy was born. The puppy was a dog. 
So the day you received Jesus into your heart, you became an overcomer. You became an overcomer. The day you received Jesus into your heart. You see, these facts have to be established in your heart. Because when challenges come, one of the things challenges do is that it tries to change our mindset of who we really are. We're going to go into that, right? It changes our mindset. You begin to doubt who you are. You're going to doubt, am I really, am I really saved? Does God really love me? Can I overcome this problem? Oh, what have I done? What's, going, what, what, what's happening to me? And that's one of the things, those are the, some of the things that God's going to throw at you. But today, let it be, um, um, let, let it be in your heart forever that you are an overcomer. Not because of anything else, but because you received Jesus into your heart. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's read another translation that says, um, um, let me just go to the next translation that says, for every child of God defeats the, this evil world. And we achieve this victory through our faith. Can you understand this? Every, it is a sum. Oh, I, I love this, right? It is a when you've done all the good things. It is a when you've done all, so many good things, then you have overcome the world. No! It says, for every child of God defeats this evil world. Every. You and I are inclusive. We achieve this victory through faith. And who can win the battle against the world? Against all the challenges we face right now in this world? Only those, glory to God, only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You see, just we believing alone has made us overcomers. It has made us victors. We are unconquerable. We can't be defeated. It doesn't matter the odds that are stacked against you. You can't be defeated. Praise God. Praise God. You know, so last week, I spent some time talking about fighting. See, one of the things, you, you can know a lot. You, know, you can have all the knowledge. You can know all the scriptures. But the primary thing, the first thing you need, if you're going to win against odds, is that you must have a fighting spirit. Too many believers are giving up these days too quickly. You must have a fighting spirit. Look, child of God, we are in a fight. But the good thing is, we know the end. We know we are going to win. The end is sure. But you are in a fight. You are in a fight for your health. You are in a fight to keep your child. You are in a fight for your finances. You are in a fight to get a, a new job. You are in a fight to keep your mind stable. It says, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, the NIV version says, but you, O man of God, O woman of God, O child of God, flee the things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. But verse, verse 12 is my emphasis. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called, and have confessed. You know, when we, when we, got, when we became born again, we, said, we declared that we were children of God, just like we said at the beginning. We've declared... That we are, we are born of God and we are overcomers. But you see, the devil is going to test whether you believe that. He's, you know, he's going to test it. And Paul was telling Timothy here, he said, fight the good fight. Fight for what you believe in. You know, many of us believe a lot of things in God's word, but we are not ready to fight for it. We just expect that because we believe it's just going to happen. No, the devil is going to bring opposition. He's going to bring hindrance. He's going to put... It's going to put the odds against you. But I love it because when that happens, it's the best time for your faith to shine. It's the best time to turn on your, the fighting spirit on your inside. That's the best time. So fight the good fight of faith. You must have a fighting spirit, child of God. You must. You can't give up. You can't cave in. You just can't. You know, I, always, I, always, I, I, I say this sometimes. If you give up in the fight of life. So who are you even the fight for? Your kids? You know, you know, you know some things. In life, sometimes if you don't fight, your children have to come back and fight those same battles. Maybe someone is, is addicted to something, right? Is addicted. And if you don't fight that battle to break that addiction, the possibility of it flowing over to your kids is very high. 
If you don't fight that anger problem, if you don't fight that financial problem, right? And deal with it and overcome it, most likely you're going to leave for somebody else to fight. So I always say, if you don't want to fight for yourself, fight for your kids, right? Fight for those that love you. Fight for those that look up to you. Fight. Don't leave the fight for someone else. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight. Paul told us to fight. Fighting is, 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 is part of our Christian work. We must have the fight. We can't give up. We can't give up at the slightest opposition. We can't. Let's read another translation, right? Verse 12 here says, So fight with faith for the winner's prize. Fight with faith. You see, in life, the winner takes it all. It, it, it doesn't sound nice, but it's the truth. The winner takes it all. And Paul said, Look, fight with faith for the winner's prize. Fight. 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 Fight for your health. Don't give up just because you were given a bad medical report. Don't give up. It, it has been proven medically that two people can have the same sickness, the same disease. In fact, they've been their cases are closed, they've been left to die. But the ones that have a fighting spirit, 90% of the time come out of that sickness. But those that give up do eventually make it. So beyond what anybody else can do for you, in you must be a determination to fight. To fight till you win. The only time you're going to stop fighting over that situation is when you've won. Hallelujah. You know, tell yourself that. The only time I'm going to stop fighting is when I've won. When I've put the devil where he belongs. When I've gotten my victory, when I've gotten my job, my spouse, whatever I want from God, until I lay hold on it, I ain't giving up. I ain't giving up. Praise God. You know, like I said, we're going to have challenges. The Bible says in Proverbs 24, verse 16, it says, for a righteous man fall seven times. You know, so, you know, men will think that because we, we declare God's word, we're, going to, we're not going to have challenges. No, we're going to have challenges. There will be times when maybe you, you cry. You're so overwhelmed by pressure. You know, that doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean um, you don't believe God's word. Yeah, we go through those times. And let me give you a good example. If um, you're walking down the road and you hit your leg against a rock, and maybe you have a cut, right? You're going to feel some pain, obviously. You're going to feel some pain. Praise God. Hallelujah. I can see someone raising their hands. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take... Uh, yeah. Um, Sarah, I'm going to take questions. I'm going to take all the questions together at the end. So you can just write down your questions. I'm going to take everything together, if you don't mind. Right? Sarah, can you hear me? Yeah. So I'm going to take all the questions together at the end of... Uh, so we're going to take all the questions together, right? So that we don't... We don't um, so that we don't break the flow. Do you get me? All right. Alright, so it's important that we understand that, look, uh, because we've got challenges, doesn't mean that we, we are not going to have problems. So because we believe in God's word, doesn't mean the devil is going to come at us. So the Bible says, the righteous man might fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked, you know, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. We are not the wicked. We are not the wicked, right? We are not the wicked. We're going to rise again. So it doesn't matter how many times you fail over that situation. You're going to rise again. That's God's plans for you. That's God's plans for you. Proverbs 24 verse 16 says, For the lovers of God may suffer adversity and stumble seven times, but, the, but they will continue to rise over and over again. The lover of God may face adversity. And stumble seven times. You know what? Seven from scripture means um, completely. You're, you're, you're probably there's no hope anymore. But the Bible says you will rise again. As many times that you make that mistake, you fall, that the odds are stacked against you, 
you would rise again. You need to have that at the back of your mind. So, it doesn't matter what is against you or how many times you failed, you're going to rise again. God wants you to get up and get going. He wants you to get up and get going. I'd like to share uh, a story from Joshua chapter 4, verse 1 from verse 4 to 9. You know, um, Moses, as a, uh, as a prophet in the Old Testament, he came did so many mighty things, so many miracles, and at the end, he left. Now, here comes this young guy called Joshua to lead over 3 million people to the wilderness. Guess what? He was going to be very scared. Anybody in his situation is bound to be scared. Look, Moses was an exceptional leader. So exceptional that, look, God spoke about him and said, look, we talk. We are that close, man. We, we have that kind of bond. Myself and Moses are, are very close. But so Joshua was supposed to take, take over from him. And what happened? The Bible says, God told Joshua. Let's read verse 6. I just highlighted it, right? No, let's just read from verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you and all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6 now comes up. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to the ancestors to give them. I like the word be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Verse 7 again says be strong and courageous. Verse 9 again he goes there and says be strong and courageous. Why is he making emphasis? Because he knows that Joshua is bound to face challenges. And he's telling him, look, no matter what you face, be strong and courageous. Be strong. A lot of times, the people that are strong and courageous, that don't have as much resources, as much knowledge, have more probabilities of winning and having victory than those that have all the resources. But lack the boldness. But lack the boldness. It's important. It's important. I'll read another scripture. Romans chapter 4 verse 8, 18. Like I said, if you have everything else, but you're not ready to put in the fight, then all the resources you have, all the knowledge you have, will amount to nothing. Romans chapter 4 verse 18 says, Against all hope. Now this is the story of Abraham, the father of of faith we call him the father of faith right but it says against all hope abraham in hope believed against all odds everything was against him against all hope are you in that situation where all hope is gone you've lost all hope you're in that dark space that dark that that place where nobody understands you nobody understands how you feel what you're going through but the Bible says Abraham in hope believed. You can choose to believe again. Oh, you can choose to believe again. It doesn't matter the reports. It doesn't matter the circumstances. You can choose to believe again. And so became the father of many nations. Just because he believed in spite of the odds. You don't, you don't tell a man that is close to 100 that is going to have a child. It makes no sense. Right? I'm sure Abraham had people walking around him making fun of him. <coughs> Saying, Abraham, you mean you're going to have children? 10, 15, 20 times. Sorry. <coughs> you had all your young years. <coughs> you had all your young years. Your youthful years, if you have a child, <clears throat> and now you're 90, 100, and no child, <clears throat> it, it makes no sense, right? Absolutely no sense. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> but the Bible said he believed. He believed. <clears throat> he believed. He believed for himself. And he also believed for his wife. Verse 19 says, Without weakening in his faith, 
he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. <clears throat> when you accept something, we don't deny the problems. We don't. Nobody's telling you that if you're in Christ, deny how you feel, deny what's going on. No. But, but you don't regard it. You know it's there, but you don't put that feeling, that situation, ahead of God's word and ahead of what God can do. You don't put that feeling. And that's why many people make that mistake. They want victory, but they spend more time thinking about the problem and the things that are stacked against them than putting their faith in God. So, Bible says here, he faced the fact that his body was good as dead. He knew it. <clears throat> he didn't deny it. Because he was a hundred years old. And his wife's womb was also dead. Yet, verse 20 says, he did not waver through unbelief. Regarding the promise of God. But was straightened in faith and gave glory to God. <coughs> Hallelujah. So, we don't deny the problems. But we don't put the problems and situations ahead of what God has told us. Ahead of the promises of God. We don't do that. So if you're going to win in the path of life, you're going to have to put God's word and be your belief in God ahead. Magnify it greater than your problems and your situations. Is what I mean. Um, maybe you have a health challenge, right? <coughs> you're going to make sure that you spend more time thinking of God's healing power than you think of <coughs> you're going to spend more time thinking of God's healing power than you think of that health problem you're going to spend more time thinking of what God can do and how God heals than that health challenge praise God hallelujah Proverbs 23 verse 7 you know so all those things are important. Fighting is very important. But also, how you fight and how you win is going to be dependent on how you think. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. Right? As he thinks in his heart, so is he. <clears throat> A lot of times, problems changes the way we think. Problems changes the way we think. And how you think in life is going to be dependent. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to determine how you win in life. How you think is going to determine how you win. Praise God. How you think is going to be is going to determine how you win. If you keep thinking failure and the problem, winning is going to be extremely difficult. It's going to be extremely difficult. It's going to be really really difficult. So Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Right. The mind is very powerful when we are facing problems. The way, what controls our thoughts is eventually going to control our actions. How we see life, the way we think, it sets the boundaries for our lives. Let me read Romans chapter 12 verse 2. It says, stop imitating the ideas and opinions of culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total transformation of how you think. You see, we can't think like the world if you're going to win in life. <coughs> Excuse me. We can't think like the world if you're going to win in life. There has to be a transformation of how we think. And the way we think is only going to be transformed by God's word. If you're going to change the way you think, then what you watch, what you say, what um, things you expose yourself to is very important. Because the difference between two people, lots of times, 
from those that will win and those that don't win is the way they think. Is the mindset that they have. Having the right mindset in life is so important. You can't win when you don't have the right mindset. You know, life is not just people believe in luck, but as children of God, we don't believe in luck. We believe that we are blessed. We believe that God is on our side. We believe that God is working in us and through us and for us. We believe the angels are working for us. That's the mindset we have. We don't believe that whatever will be, will be. No. We don't believe. So, you see, this thinking is going to change the way you're going to fight your battles, right? If you think that whatever will be, will be, then the probability of you winning is very slim. Because there is no more in your control. You're no more in charge. You're no more in charge. So, that that there are truths that must govern your mindset. Three truths I want to talk about quickly. There are three truths that must govern your mindset. And number one, God is not behind the problem. It's not God's will. God is not behind the problem. It's not God's will. Number two, the real enemy is the devil, not any man. And number three, fight with the mindset of a victor. Let's just check it out quickly. <coughs> Excuse me. God is not behind the problem. It's not God's will. You know, before I read the scripture, many people feel that whatever they're going through, it's the will of God. And you see, if you have that mindset, you cannot have faith for victory. If you believe that what you're going, every problem you're going through, is the will of God. Many of you, God um, uses problems to teach them a lesson. Or God is using the problems and situations they are going through right now to um, to to teach them a lesson. Is is going to use it? God does not work with the devil. In fact, it's 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 a fundamental thing you have to be sure about. If you are not sure of this, you can't pray. Why why do you want to pray if God's behind the problem? <clears throat> you know. So, why do you want to go to the hospital if you're sick if you believe that God brought the sickness on you why would you want to take away the a, something that God puts on you right we go to the hospital when we are sick but if you believe that God put that sickness on you why are you going to the doctor you want the doctor to fight God or if you're having a challenge with your spouse or with your kid or your finances or whatever area and if you believe that God brought that problem your way, why do you want the problem solved? It's God, right? It's God, right? But that's not true. It's a lie of the devil. God is not behind the problem. You see, you can't win if you have that mindset. John chapter 1 verse 5. <coughs> Excuse me. John chapter 1 verse 5. And it reads, let's just read together. It says, This is the message we've heard from him and declare to you God is light. God is light. God is love. In him there is no darkness at all. Let's read the amplified version. It says here that God is light. It said, This is the message of God's promised revelation, which we have heard from him and now announced to you that God is light. He is holy. His message is truthful. He is perfect in righteousness. And in him there is no darkness at all. No sin. No wickedness. No imperfection. God does not do wicked things. God does not do wicked things. He doesn't act wickedly. There is no wickedness in God. Sickness is wickedness. Praise God. Having financial struggles is wickedness. Having problems in your marriage is a form of wickedness. And God doesn't do such. But if you think that, if anyone thinks that God has a hand in that problem, you can't, you can't pray, you can't fight it. God doesn't do any form of wickedness. Let Luke chapter eighteen verse nineteen. Let, let's read Jesus. Um, Jesus is um, should I say Jesus is manifesto, right? 
Look at what Jesus said in Luke chapter 4 verse 18. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. This is, this is Jesus' assignment. And, and I, I, I want you to look at this and see if there's any bad thing there. He said, He has sent me. And Jesus is representative of the Father, right? He has sent me to announce and release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To send forth as, deliver, as delivered those who are oppressed. So he's going to take care of the blind, those that are captive, those that are downtrodden, those that are bruised, those that are crushed, broken down by calamity. This is what Jesus came to do. There's nothing evil in all of this. So if anyone is going to that is bruised, crushed, broken-hearted, having health challenges, it can't be from God. Because that's what he sent Jesus to do. If Jesus is coming to do the things God has... Is, is he coming to undo the things that God has done? No. No. So be, be rest assured that God has no hand in whatever obstacles or challenges you're facing. Verse 19 says, To proclaim the assembly year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the freedoms of God profusely abound. Amen. Amen. So everything Jesus came to do is good. That's why the Bible, the gospel is called the good news. So God is not using that problem to teach you a lesson. Oh, I need to say, he's not using that challenge. God is not using that problem, that um, thing you're going through to, to teach you a lesson. It's not from God. You know, Psalm 31 verse 2. You know, sometimes we make mistakes. Sincerely we make mistakes. We do something wrong. We do some bad act. And because of that, we feel that what we are, we are paying for our mistakes child of God, Jesus came to pay for your mistakes. You don't have, look, you don't have the resources to pay for your mistakes before God. You don't have it. You're not capable of paying for your mistakes. Jesus came to pay for those mistakes. The Bible says here, it said, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. Psalm 32 from verse 1 to 2. Whose sins are covered? So, did you make a mistake? You are forgiven. You are forgiven. Get up and move on. God is not using the mistakes you make to teach you a lesson. He's not. The devil is the one. We're going to go to that. The devil is the one capitalizing on your mistake, not God. He says, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. So God is not keeping a record of your mistakes. So don't think that, oh, I'm having this problem now because I did something five years ago and God is he's taking, he took a record of it and today he's punishing me for that. That is not God. You need, that, you need to have that mindset that this problem I'm facing, God doesn't have a hand in it. God is not using it for anything. Right? So, so we're going to know, we're going to go to the second thing you must have, truth that you must have in your heart when you're going through a problem or a challenge is that the real enemy is the devil, not man. And this is sometimes where we make mistakes. Sometimes some people feel, and, and I see that a lot with couples, right? They feel their spouse is the problem. Oh, I have a, I, I, I have a very bad spouse. My, my husband is bad. My wife is bad. Or my boss in the office is mean. And, and this person... And every time, you know, and the devil is glad to make you feel that way, that your problems with another man. But let me tell you this, right? The real enemy is the devil. In fact, Luke chapter 13, verse 15 to 17. In fact, if I can get these two truths across to you, um, you're, you're 50% home and dry. I'm telling you. That number one, that the devil, that God is not behind your problems. And number two, that the real enemy is the devil and not man. Right? Because we are quick to put man in that in that box. It's not man. And I'll explain to you. Luke chapter 13 from verse 15 to 17 says, King James Version, 
the Lord answered them. You know, the Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite. You know, there was a lady in the Bible that was sick for 18 years. Right? And Jesus healed her. And these guys got angry. Because he healed on a Sabbath day, right? On a Sabbath day. He said, and he said this, Thou hypocrite, does thou not eat? Do I not each of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to the watering? But look how he said verse 16. And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound? So this woman was sick for 18 years because what Satan put her in that state. So you could say, oh, she was born with a medical condition. Oh, she had this problem. Oh, she had that problem. She was diagnosed of XYZ. But Jesus made it clear that the primary enemy, the primary source of that woman's health problem was the devil. He said, whom Satan had bound. People can be bound in their finances. People can be bound in their health. People can be bound in their marriages, in, in stopping them from making progress. And you can see human elements to it. You can see maybe somebody doesn't like you. But trust me, behind the scene is the devil himself. And I know in this part of the world sometimes we don't want to, we don't, we want to avoid that word, Satan. We want to avoid that. You know, I find that it's almost eliminated sometimes in the church. We just don't want to talk about that there is a devil, right? But Jesus spoke about the devil. Of course, we don't magnify Satan. We don't, um, we don't, we don't um, talk about him like he's unstoppable. But he's he exists, and he is the source of all of humanity's problems, directly or indirectly. He says here, whom Satan had bound, right? Whom Satan had bound? Uh, let's read another translation. Let's read another um, passage of the Bible to illustrate this further. He says, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The, the pastoral translation puts it this way. Um, your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings. Your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under heavenly realms. Um, KJV puts it that principalities and against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world. So there are rulers of darkness of this world. Against spiritual, see the word again, wickedness. See, there's no wickedness in God, but there's wickedness in the devil. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. So there are spirits that rule this world. There are spirits that oppose people, oppose a nation, oppose a community, oppose a family. Oppose a family. And we, you, a spirit can get into a home and make the husband and the wife just hate each other. If they allow him to. That's why Jesus said, the Bible says, and give no room to the devil. Paul said, give no room to the devil. Give no room to the devil. Give no room to the devil. Because if it comes in, it's going to turn everything around. Praise God. Praise God. Let's read 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. It says, He whose sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, here again, for this very purpose, the Son of God was, was what manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So, there are works of the devil right now on the earth. Lots of them. There is sin. But apart from sin, sickness, several things, famine, poverty, hatred, murder, several things are wrong on the earth. And it's because of the devil. And that's why Jesus came. So you must understand that God is not in this. And the source of these problems is not necessarily a man. But the devil himself. So these two mindsets are critical in solving problems. So when, when, when you are praying, when you are declaring God's word, you know what you are addressing. Right? You know, and that's why if you have this, you, you, you can't hate your fellow man. Because you know no man is a source of it. See, no man has the ability to oppose you. 
Except, let me say this to you. Except he's backed by his spirit. No man can successfully oppose another human being and stand in his way of progress except he's influenced by a demonic spirit. You, because God did not um, create man to lord himself over another man. No. So if a man can successfully do that, he's, he's yielding himself to a demonic spirit. If a man chooses to be wicked, take a gun and go somewhere and shoot people, that day he yielded himself to the spirit of wickedness, to the spirit of mother. Praise God, hallelujah. And the third thing we're going to talk about, or what we need to talk about, is fight with the mindset of a victor. Right? So you're going to first, you have to just have that mindset of a victor. You are not going to give up. You are you are a victor from the beginning of the fight. Before the fight came to you, before the oppositions came to you, before the odds were stacked against you, before you got into that dark place, before you everything you had was taken away from you, before that problem came, you were a victor. You were a victor. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 7, I like this. It says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. None. Hallelujah. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Oh, you need to understand this. It's important. No weapon. No weapon. I love it. No weapon. This is some weapons. This is almost all. It says no weapon. Whether they are physical weapons, whether they are spiritual weapons, whether they are health weapons, whether they are financial weapons, whether they are anti-marital weapons, whether they are raising your kids, anything against your kids. The Bible says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. Glory to God. Glory to God. It says this, this is the heritage of the sons of, of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me. Hallelujah. Their righteousness is from me. Right? So, and then, you know what? I love this part. You might feel, oh, I've not done everything right. Yeah. But your righteousness is not from yourself. Your own righteousness is like a filthy rat. But you have the righteousness of God right now. You have the righteousness of God right now. And so you can boldly say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You can boldly say, every tongue which rises against me in judgment, I shall condemn. Because you have the righteousness of God right now. God has become your righteousness. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> you have become your righteousness. <coughs> no weapon. Form the gates you shall prosper. You see, when you have this mindset, <coughs> you can't lose. I'll say it again, you can't lose. If you have this mindset, you can't lose. It doesn't matter how bad things get, you just can't lose. <coughs> Excuse me. The Bible says in um, Deuteronomy chapter 28 from verse 6 to 7. Let's read this quickly. You know, it says here, Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 6 to 7. It says, blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord shall cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way, and they will flee before you seven ways. Glory to God. The Lord shall cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. Before your face. They shall come out against you one way. And they will flee. Before you seven ways. So you must have this mindset. When you go into life battles. You're not going there as the one that is weak. You're not going there as the one that is helpless. You're not going there. You're not going to the battles of life. Like one that has no hope. No. You are the blessed of God. You are the blessed of God. You are the blessed 
You are the blessed. You are the blessed. And if problems and enemies rise up against you, they will be defeated. That's what the Lord says. If they come against you one way, they shall go in several ways. That's what the word says. You must have this mindset. You must have this mindset. Praise God. Praise God. You must. You are the blessed. You know, I like to cap this up shortly uh, as we wrap up with this story about David and Goliath. And I know it's a very popular story. You know, many of us have heard the story of the, right from when we were kids. Um, we know the story of David, we know the story of Goliath, and how he won. But I want to show you from this story how to have a victor's mindset. You know, I think if there's anybody that that um, that had such a mindset was David. Let's all read First uh, Samuel 17 from 45 downwards. We're going to see a few things, right? Now, if if you don't know the story of David and Goliath, let me just say this, right? So Goliath was a giant, right? Nine feet, I think. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, he was nine feet tall. And he came against Israel and he tormented Israel. And every day he yelled at them and told them, Come, send me your best fighter, right? If, if you know um, those old days, um, the way they fight wars, right? They'll stand over on two mountains and he was yelling, Bring your best fighter. And if I win, you guys become our slaves. If you win, uh, we'll become your slaves. And he kept taunting them. And everybody was scared. Understandable, this guy was nine feet tall. You know, and he had been fighting from his youth. And everybody ran away. But guess what, child of God? David had a different mindset from everybody else. He had the mindset of a victor. He had the mindset of someone that believed that God was backing him up. And look at the words that he said. Look at look at his mindset. And, and I want you to carry his mindset throughout this week, right? Throughout the end of the year. Look at what David said. David said the first thing. You come against me with a sword. And spare and javelin. Just like the way the world throws things at us. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Can you say that over your finances? Can you say that over your health? I come against this health challenge. In the name of the Lord Almighty. I come against this problem. I come against this issue. I come against these things that are against me. I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. The God of the arms of Israel whom you have defiled. Verse 46 says, The Lord will deliver you into my hands. This was a 17-year-old boy. That was probably less than 6 feet tall. Talking to a giant. A general in the army. That was 9 feet tall. The Lord will deliver you into my hands. I will strike you down. What guts? What guts for a 17 year old boy? Who gave a 17 year old boy such guts? There was something he knew. He had a victor's mindset. There was something he knew. He knew the God that he served. He knew that the God, he knew those scriptures we just read. That if they come against you in one way, they will flee several, seven ways. He knew. He knew that scripture we read, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. He knew those scriptures. He was taught those scriptures from a youth. And God said, I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcass of the Philistines army to the birds. The wild army, the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Oh, glory to God. What gods for a 17-year-old boy to face a giant? What, what, what gave him such effrontery, such boldness? This young man knew the God he served. He knew, he knew, he knew. He had a different mindset. Verse 47. And all those gathered here will know that this is not by sword or spear. You see, we, Bible says our, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. He said, they, they will know that it's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. Glory to God. For the battle is the Lord's. Do you know that when you are facing challenges in life, that you're not the one fighting those battles, that the Lord is the Lord's battle. And he will give all of you into my hands. Verse 48. As the Philistines moved closer to attack him, David ran. Oh my goodness. Who runs as a, at a knife foot giant? Who runs at someone like that? 
the Bible says David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. Accurate and precise. I believe that an angel took that stone and put it right there, right? The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. And the Philistine moved closer to attack him. David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him. <laughs> okay. Reaching out into the bag, taking out a stone, he slung it and struck Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and fell face down on the ground. Verse 50. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Who wins a battle with a sling and a stone? See, it's not necessarily what you have. It's what God can do with what you have. It's not necessarily what you have or what you don't have. It's what God can do. And God can do anything with what you have. So don't despise those things in your hands when you're facing battles, when, you're, when the odds are stacked against you. He's going to use what you have. The Lord's going to use exactly what the, the skill you have, the ability you have, the experience you have, everything that He has given to you. He's going to, don't say it's small. Don't say it's not enough. He's going to use it. Verse 51 David ran and stood over him. He took a hold of the sister's sword and drew it out you know, from the sheet. And he killed him. He cut off his head with the sword. Praise God. This is like a movie, a Roman movie. But it really happened. It really happened. Verse 54 says. David took the Philistines' head and brought it to Jerusalem. He put the Philistines' weapon in his own tent. But I want to read something to you. Verse 55. As Saul watched David going out to meet the Philistines, he said to Abner, commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this young man? You see, they didn't even know who he was. Look, when you begin to win, people are going to ask questions about you. People are going to know who you really are. Many times people try to have lots of friends, and there's nothing wrong in having friends, right? People like to, um, they want to compromise and make everybody like them and love them, and there's nothing wrong in being friendly. But you see, when you get the results through God and His Word, people are going to ask you questions How did you do it? Oh, you didn't have a child for so long. How did you get a child? Oh, you didn't have a job for so long. How did you get a job? Oh, you had a problem with your marriage. How come you have a sweet home right now? That God asks a question. God wants to shine with you. He wants, he wants you are his um, advert in a sense. You are the one that's going to bring glory to God when you win those battles. Praise God. So they ask questions. They ask questions about him, right? They ask questions. They ask questions. And you must have that mindset. It, there is... There is nothing. We don't deny the problems. They are there. But we can win. As long as, first of all, we know that God is not the source of the problem. Number two, we know the source. The real enemy is the devil and not another man. You see, when we have that mindset, we'll, we'll stop fighting everybody. Oh, you, you, you did me this. Oh, you wronged me here. Oh, you said this. Oh, you said that. Oh, we're going to stop all of that. And finally... And finally, we are going to have a, a victor's mindset. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to have a victor's mindset. It's very important. Very, very important. Hallelujah. Praise God. Alright, I'm going to take uh, a few questions uh, before we go. Who has a question? I saw Sarah raising her hands, right? Um, if you don't mind, you can ask a question now. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Hi. Hi. Um. Well, I totally forgot that I was gonna talk about that first time there, but I have a question. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, regarding this victor's mindset. Okay. Which one? Um. The victor's mindset. Okay. The victor's yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Victor's mindset. Yeah. I'm still. I'm still being renewed. I'm okay. still getting my mind renewed. Okay. But um, how do you allow your mind to have victor's mindset without allowing pride to take hold? Okay, pride to take hold, right? Okay. Um, you see, like I said in the first place, everything there's a solution for everything, right? Whether it's a mental health issue, whether it's a pride issue, 
there's a solution for everything. And one of the first things you must do is um, you must know who you are. And knowing who you are and saying who you are in Christ Jesus is not pride. It's not pride. Knowing who you are and declaring it, there is no pride in it. And most of the times, people don't understand us and they say, oh, maybe you are being braggadocious, right? You're just, um, you're just, you're, you're, you're just bragging. No, you're not bragging. You can't say what God has said about you and be lying. As long as what you are saying is what God has said about you, then you are not lying. It's not pride. So, let me give a good example. Jesus took away my sickness and he made me well. If I say I am healed or I am prosperous, I am not lying. Even if I have no money in my pocket. Why? Because I'm saying what God has said about me. And that's not pride. So you declaring who you are in Christ is no form of pride at all. Now, pride is when you don't declare what God has said about you. You are saying something else. Do you understand me? If you say something else apart from what God has said about you, you know why? You know what? You are being prideful. Why? Because you feel you know better than God. And that's pride. Many people take the way the world defines pride as being boastful, esteeming yourself more than every other person. You know, that's the way the world defines pride. But in Christ, we define pride as when you choose your own opinions and your own experience above God's word. Meaning that you believe that you know better than God. So, uh, let me explain. Um... Maybe I made some mistakes, right? Um, I made some mistakes and I begin to tell myself, look, I'm, I'm good for nothing. Oh, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always slow. I always forget. I'm so dumb. You are being prideful. Because you, you're, you're believing your experience above God's word. You are believing what you feel and what you're going through above God's word. Now, that is pride. It's just like righteousness, right? So, let me tell you, why did Jesus come? Because we couldn't fulfill the demands of God. And Jesus came and took our place. Right? And we couldn't fulfill the law. So, Jesus fulfilled the law for us. Do you understand me? So, Mary, you receiving Jesus and saying, look, I am free. I am righteous. Not because of what I have done. Because of what Jesus did. It's not pride. But if I say, oh, I have done something wrong. I must pay for my sins. That is pride. So pride is exalting your experience and everything else above what God has said about you. I always tell people, don't bother so much of what is wrong. Focus on what is right. What is right will take care of what is wrong. I'll say it again. Don't focus so much on what is wrong or what you've done wrong. Focus on what is right, what God has said. That, doing that will take care of what is wrong. So don't focus on pride. Don't focus on, I want to deal with pride. I want to deal with pride. Oh, no spirit of pride anymore. It's not going to work. I'm sure many of us have tried. It's not going to work. What are you going to focus on? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 8. I'm love. I'm loving. I'm humble. I'm kind. That's what God has said about me. I'm forgiving. I'm patient. Right? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, from verse 4 to 8. Say that to yourself. If you say that to yourself long enough, pride is going to go out of the door. But if you keep saying, I don't, I, I don't want to have pride in me. No, God, help me with pride. Help me with pride. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. So focus on what God has said about you. It's going to flush out everything else. Whether pride, uh, unforgiveness, uh, malice, whatever it is, anger. Just focus on what God has said about you. Say, I'm a loving person. I'm a forgiving person. 
That's who I am. That's what God has made me. If you say that long enough, pride will have no place in your heart. I hope I've been able to answer your question a bit, right? Did I? Sarah, did I? Recording stopped. Did I answer your question? Okay, I can't hear you. Okay, prayers for healing. Okay, so I got prayers for healing. Okay. So, any other question, please? Okay. If you've got no question, um, I like to I like to bring this to a wrap. So, right. So, I want to say this to everyone. Um, let's just give ourselves a challenge, right? Let's let's read our Bibles every day. Trust one chapter. Like one chapter a day is not too much. I don't think it's too much, right? Maybe it take maybe ten minutes or fifteen minutes. Um, just one chapter a day. Let's just um, go go with that, right? Let's let's study God's word for ourselves. Let's have um, let's spend some time in God's word. It's gonna help us. It's gonna help us a whole lot, right? Praise God, Hallelujah, Amen. All right, let's just pray. Okay, I want to share something with everyone. Um, so, uh, you could go and check the other messages on this. Um, uh, what do I call it? You're gonna, you can check out the other messages on Anchor FM, Kingsword BC, on um, Instagram, Kingsword BC, um, Innocent Times, Kingsword BC. And I'd like to hear from you. Um, send, send me a mail at kingsword at gmail.com. Send me an email at kingsword.gmail.com. Praise God. Hallelujah. Alright, let me just share um, a word of prayer. I think I just put it in the chat. Alright. Um, it should be there. Um, chat to everyone. So that we can just have check the other messages that are there. Okay. Okay, just one minute. Yeah. I put it there so it's on the chat um, we could just go and listen to all the audios this today's all will be uploaded as um as quickly as possible by month by tomorrow you should get it right by the time we come tomorrow you should have it all by monday all right praise god let's just pray father in the name of jesus thank you for your word thank you for your grace we thank you we give you all the praise we ask that in us you're going to stir up a fighting spirit in us we're going to see that you are not you are not the cause of our problems. You're going to open our eyes to see in the name of the Lord Jesus who we are in Christ Jesus. We're going to have a victorious mindset. I pray for everyone uh, that we're going to have a glorious, glorious week. As we step into the new week tomorrow, we're going to have a glorious week. Your spirit is going to be with us. Your angels are going to guide and protect us. We give you all the praise, our Father, in Jesus' name. I call everyone blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you. Um, invite someone else to join. God bless you. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us here at Kingswoods International Church. We hope you've been richly blessed by this teaching from Kingswoods International Church, British Columbia. Feel free to visit our website at kingswoodbritishcolumbia.com. That is kingswoodbritishcolumbia.com for more teachings. God bless you.